Dr. Pamela Larde, and this is The Joy Whisperer, where we explore the practice and the science of joy as a catalyst to our resilience, our relationships, our restoration, and our resistance. Today, we are talking about safety as a superpower. Now, I know we haven't really thought about safety in that way, but I would love to impart some of that to you with three truths for today. So today's truth number one is that safety is a basic human need. Truth number two, when we are safe, our voices are elevated and we are free to speak. And truth number three, when we are safe, we actually grow. So I want you to tune in today, get ready, take notes, and let the joy whispering begin. Most of my family, They never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. Honey, what I think you need is a socket wrench. I played JV basketball. I'm sorry. I don't think it looks right. This is good, and it's all good, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. So today's theory to live by is a concept called psychological safety. And it actually is a, a, a concept I really love. And I know I always say it's my favorite, but I tend to pull my favorites Uh, into every episode. And so psychological safety is a concept that was developed by Amy Edmondson. And um, it was really well described um, by Kahn in 1990. And it says by definition that it is being able to employ one's own self and to just be in a particular setting in a particular environment without fear of negative consequences of their self-image, of their status, of their career. So in other words, you can fully be yourself 100% without backlash, without criticism. And as we take it a little bit further, um, Blue EQ research team uh, came up with four quadrants. And basically this is four different ways that we really exercise psychological safety. And number one is learner safety. And so that means we are free to ask questions. We are free to, um, to, to really dig a little bit deeper, 
to make sure that we understand exactly what's going on without backlash. Uh, the other one is challenger safety. So this means that if we don't agree with something in a particular setting, it is safe for us to verbalize that and to express the fact that we don't agree. The third one is collaborator safety. So it means that we can work together um, in harmony and there is nobody trying to dominate the other. We're both um, equally contributing to the project. And then number four is inclusion safety. And that means that I am valued in all of the different identities that I may have, the different points of view. And what I love about this theory is that it applies to the workplace, but also to our personal lives. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. How do I know when I'm safe in someone's presence? Well, I pay attention to energy. Uh, I pay attention to whether or not a person is listening to respond or if they're listening to hear what I'm saying. So I, I feel like I'm safe, you know, in someone's presence when I'm allowed those freedoms to, to express myself and to, you know, to articulate my thoughts and my emotions on whatever the topic may be without feeling like I'll be attacked, criticized, ostracized, or canceled, you know, in today's culture. So that's when I know I'm in the presence of someone that's safe. Truth number one, safety is a basic human need. Now, we have seen different variations of this uh, conclusion and this philosophy um, around different you know, theories like Maslow's theory, hierarchy of needs. Um, safety is one of the first um, needs that are mentioned there. And if you, know, if you look at your life and the things that you have perhaps uh, responded to, that you've been repelled by, that you've been, you know, that you gravitate to. A lot of that has to do with the level of safety that we feel in those particular situations. A really great quote that I came across, um, it says, feeling safe in someone's energy is a different type of intimacy. That feeling of peace and protection is really underrated. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I think that we look at some of the outward material things. We look at um, you know, perhaps whether or not somebody has made it to certain levels of success. Um, we might look at the businesses that they've built, the, the um, life that they've created for themselves, and we think that those are the things that matter the most. And sure, those things matter. Those things are important. But if we don't feel safe in any of those environments and in none of those contexts are we um, comfortable with really truly being who we are, then that is not an ideal environment. That's not an environment that's going to enable us to thrive. So understanding safety, and as I mentioned with um, psychological safety, understanding that safety is really about us being able to just be free, let our hair down, let our hair up, <laughs> and just to really allow ourselves to, um, to bask in that freedom and to bask in that safety. And so uh, one of the things that um, I, I think is really important for us to understand is that our brains crave safety, our brains crave security and actually adjust in order to accommodate that level of safety. And so we adjust physically, emotionally, physiolo physiologically in order to create those safe spaces for ourselves. So looking at uh, the research of Zhang and Associates, and this comes from 2016, they look at how you know, our safety needs are really kind of broken down 
into three distinct categories. And number one is that personal safety. And, and that's that idea that just in my own, you know, being in my own body, I am experiencing a sense of safety. My body is safe. Um, my mentality is safe. And so just making sure that there are no immediate dangers that are around me, but that also that don't inhibit who I am, that allows me to just really freely express myself in this body um, based on who I am. The second type of safety need is financial security. So there is indeed some truth to the idea that, you know, if we want to attach ourselves to somebody or to an entity, to a business, that this, the financial stability of that is also important. And, and the reason for this is because our financial stability is very much connected to making sure that we have basic survival needs like shelter and food and some of the other things that really are along the lines of enjoyment and um, satisfaction. And without the financial security, without that safety, um, we are then left to try to figure it out, scrounge, struggle, hustle, just to meet our basic needs. And so that idea of financial safety, as much as we might like to scoff at it and say, oh, that's just a surface level thing. Sure, there are some surface level ways to look at financial security, but there are also some some really important ways um, to look at financial security to make sure that we are being taken care of, that our loved ones are being taken care of, um, and that we are not having to fight in order to get some of the basic things that we need. And then the third uh, category of safety needs that they identify is our health and well-being. And this is, for me, this is where the joy comes in. And this is our ability to make sure that we are in good health, that our mindsets are good, um, that we are engaging in relationships that help build us up rather than relationships that break us down. And so our health and well-being as a form of safety is going to be a form of safety that we are going to use to protect ourselves from negativity, from bringing our spirits down, from tearing down our self-esteem. Safety, worrying is the major reason for mental disorders. And when we make sure that we're safe, we protect ourselves from that. You have to actually understand this on an even deeper level than that. For black women, we just watched confirmation hearings with Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, right? We just saw everything that she went through, saw how she was, you know, really lambasted in the public eye. And we saw all the things that she had to deal with. And she was, um, you know, she was often lauded for keeping cool and collector. Because I saw what Tiffany Hatter said as well, where she yeah. said that she felt, um, she felt very, uh, encouraged, if you will, by the fact that Will Smith in this very public setting was standing up for his black wife. Right. And that's a protection that black women often aren't afforded. Now, I know we all understand that safety is a basic human need, but I don't know if we understand how our behaviors are tied to that need. More of the Joy Whisperer coming up. drive an hour to cheer them on as they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Roll that ball, Diane. Woo! You got this. 
an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I gonna get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. Now, earlier I mentioned safety worrying, and this is really just that we're constantly worried about our safety and we don't have that really a sense of security or stability. There's, we're always on edge in some way, shape or form. Well, as it turns out, safety worrying is a major reason for mental disorders such as anxiety, phobias, depression, and PTSD. So if you're ever wondering um, why you may be struggling with some of these things, it might be good to get to the root of whether or not you feel safe and really looking at the different environments that you're a part of to determine whether or not those environments are safe as well. Now, if you're a leader and you are somebody who is really the, the curator of a particular culture within a work environment, for example, it's really important to think about what you're creating for the people that are on your team and within your environment. Are they in a place where they are consistently worrying about their safety? Again, safety worrying does lead to certain forms of mental disorders. And so what are you breeding in your environments um, when people are having to worry about their safety and their security. Let's also think about this from the standpoint of relationships that we're in. Some of the behaviors that we see come about in relationships that might come in the form of insecurities or hypervigilance or being really controlling over another person, in a lot of ways that is rooted in fear. And while it may seem that it is um, you know, the dominance that may come with these behaviors might not point to fear in any way, shape, or form. There is indeed some level of fear that is the root of some of this behavior. So in order to make sure that we are not really succumbing to some of the mental ramifications of fear, it's important that we find ways to create 
fear, fearless <laughs> environments, environments in which we feel safe. And as leaders or as curators of certain cultures within environments, it's important that we pay attention to what we're creating so that we can enable people to maintain levels of mental health that can result in great productivity, great collaboration, and so forth. And so that's a really important thing to, you know, to notice is to note the level and the, the times and the rate at which you are engaging in safety worrying. Now, when we experience safety, we begin to require safety. So once we get a feel of what that looks like, what that tastes like, we tend to start requiring that everywhere we go. So when we have a really good relationship, for example, um, in which we felt safe, we can 100% be ourselves and there's no fear of saying or doing the wrong thing. We're not walking on eggshells. If that relationship ends, because it doesn't mean that because it's safe, it's going to last forever. But if that relationship ends and you move into another relationship that's wildly unsafe, um, and it doesn't even have to be wildly, if it's mildly unsafe, we feel that a little bit stronger than we would have felt it if we've gone to, from one unsafe relationship to another. And this is why it's so important for us to build a baseline of safety so that we can first understand what it feels like and to have sort of this momentum, as I've said before, of safety so that we can know how to maintain that momentum through every environment that we move in and out of. So if we have created this momentum of safety at home, for example, and then we go to work and we don't feel safe there, it should scream loudly and clearly, clearly to us that something is wrong, that this isn't right, this isn't my normal. So even if we haven't experienced safety, the human nature in us will fight for it and will take great measures to make sure that we are protected. There is power in joy, and this week's Power Gear is the Joy Whisperer Pillow Collection. Now, I actually really love this because, as you know, I love to take my naps, and it's so nice and inspiring to be able to take a nap with a message right there by your side. So go to thejoywhisperer.org and visit the store and check out all of the different types of pillow designs relaxation, naps, comfort, those are all components to joy. And also making sure that your home is a space of reprieve, that it feels good, that it has the bright colors, and inspirational messages are all ways to contribute to your joy. So go to thejoywhisperer.org and get your pillow swag today. Hmm, maybe you can make retirement happen. After all, you made home ownership happen. Homeschooling yourself on loans, beefing up your credit score. So I'm pre-approved. You were like, yes! Sorry. Color coding listings, ticking boxes, and flushing every toilet in a 20-mile radius. Home sweet home. You aced house hunting. Now get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. If you love them enough to drive an hour to cheer them on as they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, 
then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. STEM is the discipline of hard numbers. Precise. No margin for error. Dare to forget that. Dare to have fun with it. Get weird with it. Dare to get messy. Or just mess it up. Dare to program something internet-breaking. Record-breaking. Dare to blow their minds. Dare to try. Dare to fail. Dare to keep daring. Dare to learn the difference between organic, sedimentary, and non-foliated metamorphic rock. Get outside. Find those rocks. Dare to be homeroom famous, a high school fable. Dare to send those old STEM theories flying past the neighbor's house into outer space. And for the love of STEM, dare bigger. Dare to code. Dare to invent. Dare to explore. Dare to STEM. Check out She Can STEM to get started. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. I was asked, how does work performance change when you know you're in a safe environment? I think that actually comes from the concept of psychological safety, and that's really where a workplace where one feels that one's voice is welcome, you know, welcome with bad news, questions, concerns, half-baked ideas, good news, even mistakes. Um, people should feel like they can ask questions, raise concerns, pitch ideas, and do all of it without undue repercussions. It's a concept that's really valuable now as people come back into the workplace, back into the work environment. When we are safe, our voices are elevated. In other words, we are free to speak up. Now, I know just personally, having been in several situations in which it just doesn't feel safe to use my voice, um, the, the importance of this idea that being safe is not just a thing where, you know, we're safe and it's all good, but it's also, it's safe and we can elevate ourselves and we can grow and we can become truly a part of the environment because our voice matters, because we are a part of the mix. And I know that just in considering our personal relationships that we are a part of, as well as the work environments that we're a part of, um, it makes a huge difference when we are free to express our needs. So let's take the context of marriage, for example. And, and I'd like to bring in that idea of challenger safety that I talked about um, when I looked at the psychological safety theory. If Challenger safety basically says that we can do a few things. It means that we can challenge the status quo. And if we think about that from the standpoint of marriage or relationship, for example, one of the things that I that's really that I, I guess I'm very passionate about is that the status quo for relationships, you know, in this country, in the Western world, in our environments are are nice and fitting for, you know, if we're speaking in general. But when it comes down to what we really need as individuals in terms of the time that we're going to spend together, in terms of the design of our relationship, um, in terms of what we believe about holidays and celebrations and travel and so forth, there may be a status quo, an expectation around that. But what's more important is what do we want as a couple? How are we going to design our own relationship? And if I have concerns as a member of this relationship, 
I should be able to, if it's safe, to express what I desire and to express those needs so that we both can have an understanding of what the needs are and address them together. So challenger safety, which is that safety that I believe really speaks mostly to our voice, also includes challenging the status quo. The other one is being able to speak up and express ideas. And so if there are certain things that um, I want to do, and now let's move this to the workplace, and we're coming up with this great plan and this great strategy that we want to unveil in 2023, for example, but there are elements of it that I'm kind of seeing that I say, you know what, it'd be really nice if we included, let's say, more diversity um, as we're exploring speakers or as we are looking at different readings that we want to make available. Um, how about we integrate the voices of women or the voices of people who have more Eastern perspectives to life? Um, and so that's me being able to speak up and to express the ideas that I have in my mind without fear of backlash without fear that what I have to say will be mocked or disregarded or viewed as, um, you know, just not important enough. So that's uh, the, the third one on challenger safety. Um, looking at also being able to identify changes. And so if I'm, let's go back to the relationship. So I'm in my relationship and I start to notice that there's some real changes going on and I don't feel good about them. Um, I, in a safe, safe complex text, I should be able to express that. You know, I am sensing X, Y, or Z. I don't know that we communicate the way that we used to communicate. Uh, and it concerns me. And to be able to express that, again, without the backlash, without the psychological games, without that reversing, um, without gaslighting, uh, those are, again, th this is how we begin to feel safe in a relationship. And for those of you who aren't clear on what gaslighting is, gaslighting is really saying, nope, what you think you're feeling or what you say you're feeling, that's not happening. So it's really denying a person's experience. And that is a form of silencing. And that is a, a surefire way that somebody will not feel safe in a relationship if they are being gaslighted, as opposed to being heard, as opposed to their perspective being embraced. And also the it, identifying changes can also go, you know, to, you know, be applicable to the workplace as well. And then the last one is exposing problems. And if there are actual problems that I need to identify and point out, I should be safe in doing that, whether that is in the workplace or whether that is in my personal relationships. Safety goes across the board, and when we experience that safety, we are free to use our voices. More of the Joy Whisperer coming up. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. Thank you. Thank you. 
an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I gonna get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. This week's Whisper in My Ear asks, what is the most important trait to consider in a marriage partner? I bet you know what mine might be. When we come back, I'll share my thoughts. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. When we learn the power of our voice, we actually get really good at using it. We know how to use it, when to use it, the inflections that we need to have. And I really have personally learned by practice in, you know, what's the best way, what's the best method in using my voice? Now, I want to share a little bit of research that shows the different ways that we can use our voices. And it's the work of Belenke and Associates, and it's called Women's Ways of Knowing. But this actually applies not only to women, but really to all of us. Um, and I, I really like the way that it's laid out because it identifies five different ways of knowing um, and, and it really kind of brings it all together. And so the first level is silence. And that is just like it sounds. We don't recognize our own um, ability to use our voice. Well, it, you know, we, we may recognize it, but we don't always use it. And so that is the choice of remaining silent in particular situations. Um, and so silence, meaning I am going to allow the other voices that are in the room to, to um, be amplified and I will just be silent. Number two is received knowledge. And this is that idea that I am going to speak based on the knowledge that I've received, based on what I've been taught. What have the experts said? What did my parents tell me? What is the stance of the pastor? What are some of the, the points of view that come across in books that I've read? So really looking at all of the different points of view except your own. So it's that received knowledge that informs the way that you choose to voice yourself in that particular situation. The third one is subjective knowledge. This is really interesting because it doesn't sound like what it is. And so this idea of subjective knowledge, it really speaks to our emotions. How are we feeling in the, motion, in the moment and how do we voice that? And in some cases, we may scream. We may shout and, and lament, and, um, and then we also might be joyful. 
but it is rooted in the emotion that we're feeling in that particular moment. And so that subjective knowledge is actually the knowledge and the voice that comes from within ourselves. And so this is the first level where we start seeing our voice and us expressing ourselves. The third one, the fourth one is procedural knowledge. And so this is really a more strategic way of using your voice. It's paying attention to all of the things that are happening around you and then deciding how you're going to respond accordingly. It may be, I'm going to use my strategy to wisely respond. The Supreme Court justice hearings, Katanji Brown is answering questions um, around her philosophies, her experience, and um, many of which are, are, as we know, ridiculous questions. And what I am seeing her do in that process is be very procedural. She is not responding in a subjective manner with her emotion, and I'm sure there's a lot going on um, as she's going through this process, but she's being very procedural through this process. She is reading the room, she is understanding where she is, and she is responding strategically to the questions she's being asked. So that was number four. And then number five is really a, um, it's an integration of all of the previous four strategies. And this is what I love so much because, you know, you, you would think that the, 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 you, number five would lead us to the ultimate. This is how, you know, people respond ultimately and use their voice. But really what the ultimate is, is the wisdom to know when to use which voice when. And so what it does is it makes silence actually powerful. It makes silence a practice of wisdom and strategy if we know when to use silence. So there is actually power in silence when we use it in a way that actually amplifies other voices that make your point even more so than if you were to speak in that moment. And so it also builds up this received knowledge. There's times where when other people have things to, to contribute, then you highlight those. And our emotion is important in moments as well as the procedural. So understanding how to use these four is exceptionally powerful. For this and all other research that I cite on the show, go to thejoywhisperer.org and look under episodes and you'll find the links there. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. Feeling safe in someone's energy is a different type of thing. It makes you feel like it's okay to be vulnerable. You can be yourself without judgment. It's like knowing that you share each other's souls, so you know they wouldn't do anything to harm you, because that would be like harming themselves. It's a connection. You can be your weird, quirky, unusual self that allows you to live your life and love to the fullest potential, and even share that love with the world. So this week's Whisper in My Ear asks, what are the ideal traits and characteristics that we want to find in our partners? Now, I there's no one answer to a question like this, but I think that it is important for us to think in a general sense, what are our values? What are the things that are really important to us personally that we really don't want to live without? Um, and then what are some of those things that are just, uh, you know, a part of who we are, our personality, our characteristics. And so when we think about our values, you know, I personally 
of course, for me, joy is one of those values. I, it's really important for me to have a partner in life who can exude joy and with whom I'm sharing my joy, because that's one of the most important values that I live by in my life. That's something that I'm going to want to see and share with somebody that I end up with. Now, whatever your values are, what's most important is that you first identify what that is so that you can know what might be a good match and a good fit for you. Because of course, people outside of you can't determine what that is, but it is something that you can determine once you're really clear on what your values are. Now, all values may not line up. It's really a matter of determining what's most important to you. And for me, that would most definitely be joy. The other thing to consider is character. Now, how people respond to really trying situations are going to be, it's going to be really telling um, in terms of the character that they bring to the table. Now, some people have certain ways that they like to deal with conflict or arguments, disagreements. And for me, I am really big on, we don't go into the element of blame because for me, blame is just not healthy. It's not productive. It's easy to point fingers at each other and say, you did this to me, you did this to me. But I, I tend to follow the, the philosophy around the nonviolent communication model, which is about finding out what each other's needs are and understanding that at the root of most of our behaviors is a need. And in the case of this, this week's episode, um, we're looking at that need for safety. But what other needs are at the root of people's behaviors? And that's important for me to be able to have a partner who will engage me at that level of communication. Um, if their level of communication is focused on blame, it's just not a match. We're on two different frequencies. We're in two different places when it comes to mindset. So thinking about your values and then understanding also the character that the person is bringing to the table. And there aren't necessarily character traits that I would say, oh, you've got to make sure you choose these sorts of um, characteristics in a person. But what I will say is, as you evaluate yourself and the relationships you've had in the past, um, what is it that you have most resonated with in terms of character? And so the example I just gave about the way we deal with conflict is a really important one to my for me, because I've experienced the good and the negative as it pertains to addressing problems together. And what I've found in that process is that this is how I prefer to address problems in my relationship. So think about those kinds of things. What works for you? What hasn't worked for you? And how does all of that resonate with your needs? And how does all of that resonate with your safety? Now, for me, a big one, if I was to give a universal characteristic, um, despite the fact that I said that there's not necessarily any, if I would give a universal characteristic, I would definitely say hands down safety. I think that even in a relationship that, you know, in which you may not be as compatible or you're, you're, you know, there's, there's differences that may be irreconcilable at the end of the day. What's important to me is that element of safety, because if you recall, safety is one of those things that, that enables our growth. So no matter what kind of relationship we're in, the idea and the hope is that at the end of the day, as we, you know, um, matriculate through our relationships and the process of uh, building something with somebody, that if it doesn't last, if for some reason it just isn't the one, 
that at the end of the day, we are still able to grow from that experience. And most of the times if the experience is negative, growth is, is really difficult. Um, if it's, if it's dangerous, growth is really difficult. So find that safety, but also make sure the character and the values are in alignment. Focusing on our own healing and our own safety is not just selfish. It benefits generations to come. I can't wait to talk to you about this when we come back. More of the Joy Whisperer coming up. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college. So I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Thank you. Thank you. It was an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. drive an hour to cheer them on as they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. When we are safe, we grow. And this is a really important one because our growth is very much tied to the environment in which we live and, and the environments that either nurture or stifle our growth. Um, and for those of you who follow me often and who know a lot of my work, you know that post-traumatic growth is a really important concept in a lot of the work that I do. And what post-traumatic growth essentially is, and this was uh, an idea that was um, really created by Tedeschi and Calhoun at um, the University of North Carolina. And what they look at is the factors that make it possible for us to grow after a really traumatic or difficult situation in life. Um, and so it's this idea that, yes, we absolutely can experience trauma 
and we can have the aftermath of, uh, you know, hardship and struggle, but we can also grow from those experiences. And what's also important to note is that growth, post-traumatic growth is very different than resilience. Resilience is that ability to bounce back and to get back to where you were and to keep moving. And that's an important um, thing to have. It's very important to be able to be resilient. But growth takes it a step further because resilience puts you back where you were and it gets you back on your feet. But what growth does is it enables you to go a bit further and to expand um, upon where you were. So I want us to think about the idea of safety being something that actually enables us to not only bounce back, but to actually grow from the place that we were before. Now, according to Calhoun and Tadeshi, there's four different ways that we can really nurture that growth inside of us because it doesn't just happen by accident. It actually requires some intention and some strategy and, and focus in order to experience this growth. So for example, if you are recovering from some of the, the really hard times that we've experienced around the pandemic and um, a lot of the things that the shifts that we had to make over the last couple of years, um, if you consider um, you know, relationships that didn't work out, um, in an even more dire situation where our lives were at danger, um, situations where we didn't even know if we would necessarily survive. These are all situations from which we can grow. And, and it's really important not to you know, conclude that, oh, well, then that situation was, was, it was good that that happened. It's, it's never good when these things happen. But we do have the opportunity to make decisions around what we're going to do as a result of those situations. So one of the ways that they, they say we need to um, be proactive about bringing growth into our lives is with a spirit of optimism. And I know that's really hard to do these days. I mean, between um, the friction and the tension that's happening between cultures and groups of people, um, between the fight for survival and who gets to have access to what, there is a lot of room for pessimism. There's a lot of room for hopelessness. But the key, one of the keys to growth is that sense of optimism. And what that simply says is that I can get there. I can do this. There are things that are possible for me. And what happens is we begin to focus in on those possibilities as opposed to focusing on the barriers and the limitations. When we focus on the barriers and the limitations, we tend to operate and behave according to those barriers. So when we open it up a bit and become a bit more optimistic and allow ourselves to dream and to think further along, it gives us the space and the runway to, to actually arrive um, in a further place than we would have otherwise. So that optimism is really key. It's not easy and it's not something that naturally comes. It, it's something that you actually have to um, work towards and be intentional about, um, that you have to practice even sometimes before you really believe it. Um, but the optimism is gonna be key. And then you have to be open to new experiences, and that optimism enables you to do that. We also have to be a bit extroverted, and I am not an extrovert, but I have extroverted moments, like right now, where I am able to express myself and engage. 
And then the last one is positive affect, knowing that you have the ability to create a positive influence in the world. When we do those and we operate in those mindsets, we are able to experience growth. I'm reminded of a profound quote by writer Anne Lamott. And in it, she says, the most profound thing we can offer our children is our own healing. And that is so true. And, and when, often when I talk about this, this idea of safety and protection and self-elevation and just making sure that we are healthy, there is often some backlash about the idea that this might be a selfish act and that we're so self-absorbed and we're only thinking about ourselves. But the reality is that in taking care of ourselves, we are essentially taking care of those that are around us. We are creating an environment of safety for those that engage with us on an everyday basis. And what we are especially doing is creating a, um, I guess, really the permission for our children to also engage in their own health and wellness. Our healing is a model for them that shows them how to take care of themselves in their own lives. So it's important that we heal. I'm really grateful for the adults in my family who have taken the time that it needs to just truly heal from any of the hurts that they've had, any of the hardships that they've experienced. I have two parents who grew up in the middle of the civil rights movement. And for them to be able to do what it takes to build their lives up and to do the healing and to do the work so that they can be well-rounded and healthy for their children is by far the greatest gift that I could ask for for them. So it's so important that we think about the benefits, not only for ourselves, but that we know that what we're doing for ourselves also benefits others. We have family histories that have years and decades and generations of trauma that have been passed from one generation to the next. But who's going to be that generation that stops the trauma, the generation that says this is enough, the generation that says I care enough for myself and my children and the generations to come to make sure I get healed right here and right now. So this is a really important concept as it pertains to our safety, because our safety doesn't just benefit us, but it also benefits others. Now, when we move to a place of safety, we have to do the work of letting go of the baggage that we take with us from unsafe situations. And how do we identify that baggage? Sometimes the way that that baggage shows up is with repetitive, ongoing challenges that we see happen over and over and over again. So every time I step into um, this particular workplace situation, I respond this way. Why do I respond this way? It might be because I feel unsafe. Why do I feel unsafe? Because it reminds me of another situation that was traumatic for me. And so every time I step into this situation in the workplace, I relive those moments. And so it may not come to you just that quickly and just that easily. And it very likely is going to require some therapy, some coaching, some help to really help bring um, some of those things to your awareness. But when we do the work, it is, it is imperative that we identify that baggage and that we put that baggage away. The baggage comes in the form of our defenses. So we become overly defensive in, in certain situations. It comes in the form of our lack of trust 
that we walk into a situation knowing that we or believing that we are not going to be able to trust the people that we're among. And it might be, there might be some truth to that. There might be cases where we can't trust people, of course. But is this your normal? Is this where, you know, you are with every situation that you approach? Is there a lack of trust? And then this idea of foreboding, foreboding joy. This is one of the things that um, Brene Brown talks about um, in, her, um, in, in her work around courage and authenticity. Foreboding joy is that idea that I am really loving this situation right now. I'm in a great relationship. This job is amazing. But when is the other shoe going to drop? How long is this actually going to last? And so I'm going to put my defenses up to make sure that I don't get too excited about this situation, that I don't get too in because previous experiences have shown me that this joy is not going to last. Well, the reality is no situations last, no great situations, no bad situations. We are in a life where we have ebbs and flows and we have to be able to flow with the situation and heal from our pain so that we can take in the joy as it comes to us. you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. So why is it important to do the work on yourself? Honestly, today, in today's society, it's so that your kids don't pity you and they don't think you're pathetic. More than anything, you want to keep the connection to your kids. And kids in the year 2022 have more emotional intelligence than their parents, than their grandparents, than their aunts and uncles. This is a problem because they're talking about mental health. They're researching mental health. Their influencers are talking about mental health. And they're looking at their parents going, why aren't they doing anything about it? This week's I gift to myself. I am black or magic. I am black or magic. Black or magic. Black or magic. I am black or magic. I am black or magic. I am black or magic. Black or magic. Black or magic. I am a beautiful brown girl. I am the master of me. My voice is powerful. My future is my own. You are black. So it's important to know the point of it all is that safety is our superpower. Now, if we can move and um, engage in spaces that are safe and have relationships that are safe, be in workplaces that are safe, we create opportunities to enable ourselves to grow and to thrive. 
So what will it take for you to ensure your own safety? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Joy Whisperer. Be sure to join the conversation all week long on my social media pages on either LinkedIn or Instagram. Also, tune in to SSN TV via Roku every Thursday at noon Eastern time. Remember, joy is our best energy source for our resilience, our relationships, our resistance, and our restoration. Have an awesome week. Because I saw what Tiffany Hatter said as well, where she yeah. said that she felt um, she felt very uh, encouraged, if you will, by the fact that Will Smith, in this very public setting, was standing up for his black wife. I want to know how you felt about it. Would you want your husband to do that for you if you was clearly hurt? I mean, they put her face up on the screen. He looked over at his wife. She was hurt. What would you want? Right. And that's a protection that black women often aren't afforded. More to come on SSN TV, television, all the way up.